Need to change this because I got too excited. All right, now we're <laughs> yay. Okay, that's human error, not technology. All right, you guys. So today we have a semi-historical um, cultural roundtable. Got a couple of topics to go over. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. You like that? Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Ultra Universe Everyday Heroes, the series that covers more educational and informational topics. Today, we have a history roundtable. And while the first uh, subject might be more biblical or cultural, or I mean religious, um, it still has a place in history as people talk about it in comparison to a certain people. But for the uh, definition we're looking at from Botanica, it is more uh, religious than anything else. I speak none other than the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, these characters are shown throughout Christianity in the book of Revelation 6, 1 to 6, 8. Um, however, they have moved their way into popular culture as well, which we'll talk about in a second. So who are these uh, characters from the Bible? Um, they are the, um, there are four characters who appear with the opening of the first four of the seven seals that bring forth the cataclysm of the apocalypse. So they are uh, part one, you can say, of what is said in the Bible um, and the Torah, for that matter, in certain ways, as the apocalypse. Now, what is this said apocalypse? So the word apocalypse has become so construed into popular culture that it's hard to really distinguish the two sometimes. However, I watch a lot of History Channel. From what I can con uh, concern from, the apocalypse idea is the end of the world when uh, the character when when excuse me when Christ will return to kind of recreate it again. Um, there's apocalyptic events, for instance, in the uh, Torah with uh, Noah's Ark and the flooding of the world when God said that he needed to basically clean out everything bad and start anew. That is a similar apocalyptic event, one could say. However, apparently it's not as horrendous, even though he basically wiped out the entire world, which I would think would be pretty apocalyptic. So the apocalypse really depends on who you ask and of what faith you are. However, most, all, most faiths would agree that it's a world doom bringing that the savior will come and kind of recreate it again in a better way and hopefully we won't mess it up this time um in popular culture however we've kind of turned it into more of a monster thing specifically with zombies um with shows like the walking dead and movies like world war z that is the apocalypse of the media where basically there's people still around, but they're barely hanging on because the entire world is infested with the undead, basically. Um, so the, this word is a little hard for me to really pick a pinpoint. 
But if we're talking religion, I'm going to say it's basically the ending of the entire world and not like the 2012 thing that's, yeah, no, we'll just end it there. So the, there are four of these horsemen. Uh, one is uh, one rides a pale horse and is identified as death. One rides a black horse and is identified with famine. One rides rides a red horse and is identified with war and bloodshed. And then one um, who rides a white horse, has a bow and a crown, um, is actually symbolized of Christ or the Antichrist, depending on the version of the story you're reading. So it is interesting to see that a Christ figure is one of said horses, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that particular horseman is there for negative negativity. Um, and again, it, it's the story that surrounds it. And I would have to go back and read the entire story to actually give you it. This is really just a smidge of the entire uh, story. But the horsemen represent more or less all the evil of, of humanity, death, famine, and war. But one does symbolize Christ um, or the Antichrist, depending, like I said, depending on which one. Um, but it's an interesting uh, uh, story to read. And if you are uh, one who reads a lot of, of the Bible or the Torah, um, it's definitely a story that you're going to remember growing up, probably, um, or you're going to remember a version of the Four Horsemen in your in, in, in your religion. And I'm stuttering, kind of stopping a lot because I wanted to make sure, or I want to make sure that when we speak about this, we're not, you know, defaming any anybody. We're really just kind of giving the general definition, because the last thing that I really want to do, being if somebody who believes uh, highly of faith and religion. Um, that these stories are important to many, many people. And even if the story is different between uh, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Muslim, and more, the story itself is still holds, still holds true to many uh, people. So let's just keep in mind that when we do discuss this stuff and when you know, we're listening on replay, this is strictly a, a definition of the four horsemen, the four characters, and that's where we're going. Now, there are three questions that came with this from Britannica. Um, okay, well, this one question we already answered. Um, so, oh, okay, that one too. Okay, so apparently there's one question we haven't answered it on here. And okay, so yeah, this is the one I was going to bring up. So, where, you know, where do the four horsemen appear in the, uh, uh, of the apocalypse appear in popular culture? Um, so for me, the one that comes to mind is X Men being that one of the main villains. Sorry about that, guys. Um, is named Apocalypse, and he has his four horsemen. Uh, in this case, they are mutants. Um, and if you know that X Men story um, and that you know, well, that whole line right there, you'll know what I'm talking about. However, it showed up in a couple other things, and some of the more famous ones are uh, Supernatural. They were villains on uh, that show. Metallica had a or has a song known as the Four, Four Horsemen, which apparently brings up some reference to it. And lastly, there's a group of antagonists in the Call of Duty video game series that are known as the Four Horsemen as well. So it's not weird to have religious characters show up in 
popular culture. A lot of times, TV, movies, games, and more will use them as characters, whether they use them as the original or they change them up and use them as some sort of title or use them as some sort of um, song or characters, uh, so to speak. Like I said, in the X-Men one, they are uh, mutants. They're not... Um, they're not the same characters for the same people from the, from the Bible story. Um, so that is that one. I will admit, I was a little worried about going through it, but I think it's an interesting little tidbit of historical knowledge. Now moving from those to another group of people, and these are a group of warriors from Persia, the Persian horse archers. Um, so, this one actually, funny enough, came from uh, this came off of a, a old uh, PC game called Total War Rome 2. But though this game, well, this and other games actually use real historical uh, figures, so they have similar information. So, with writing as a ray of life for many tribes, mounted archery was established early in Eastern culture, producing some highly effective warriors. While foot archers could carry long, powerful bows, a mounted archer was a formidable fighter thanks to its composite bow. Constructed from layers of wood, sinew, and animal horn, the composite bow was a much more powerful weapon than its size alone would suggest. In the hands of an expert, an arrow on target was entirely capable of piercing chainmail armor. It did, however, require strength and care to use. In particular, it had to be kept away from dampness or wetness. Military campaigns were usually fought during the summer and autumn, so bows were used during uh, arid months. Archers could rest their weapons during the winter, taking good care of them before the next campaigning season. Um, so that is a general uh, thing right there. And it is kind of funny that the information, the best side I found came off of this, this game. But they are also known as the Sassanids, but these were Persian horse arch archers. Now, keep in mind, like they said here, in Eastern culture, culture uh, mounted archery was uh, a bigger thing. Uh, horses were used for many uh, warfaring um, uh, groups around the world, but these, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, Persia was one of the ones that really got this down to a key before others did. Now, of course, you had Rome and you had, um, I, think, I think, Egypt as well, who had their horses as well, but as far as I remember, I don't know how much stronger or weaker they were equally. Now, also keep in mind that each culture, each country trained differently. So, for instance, because of the fact that their bows had to be kept dry, they practiced and fought more during the heated months. So they were more used to hot weather. In Rome, because the weather was different, they probably fought at a different time, meaning they might have been used to other things, which would have put the other team at a disadvantage, but it would have also put them at a disadvantage for the other months as well. Um, another group of horse archers that comes to mind is uh, China. They had a large group. They used horses for almost everything. I believe characters like, um, or, uh, like uh, Genghis Khan who uh, from the Huns who attacked. Uh, places like China used horses as well. So the idea that these guys were specialty, not so much. 
the idea that they might have had more strength and abilities, that's a possibility. I know a lot of different countries had their group of warriors that were great. Now, this morning I was watching something on Rome, and they were good really more at the hand-to-hand battle with their swords. They wouldn't have come up well against horses, but, you know, Rome had horses, so it didn't really matter. They could go head-to-head with others. So what do you guys think? It's actually kind of funny that both the horsemen and the horse warriors, they both rode on horseback. Do we think that there's a connection there, uh, biblical versus historical? Well, we do know that almost every culture has horses in society, whether it's Native Americans from the Americas here, or as we mentioned, Persia, China, or Mongolia with horses over there as well. Um, No one country really doesn't. However, certain places, depending on the area, might use other large um, uh, uh, riding uh, mounts. Uh, For instance, I know in Saudi Arabia, camels are the, uh, the mount of choice. However, camels never went into war, so they were really more used as a way to get from one lane to the other. Um, If we know the story of Hannibal, he tried his best to march through the Alps with a troop of elephants. Probably didn't know very well that that was not the kind of terrain that an animal like that is used to. However, he managed to do some damage, meaning he got the majority of his um, mounts through the snow. Um, And then you have people like Napoleon that basically... They lived, uh, you know, their mounts were horses. They needed the horses to get through because they too were riding through um, uh, conditions like snow and hail as well. So horse riding warriors are not a new thing, nor are they that special. What comes down to the specialty is the individual country and place where they live. For instance, in Native American culture, um, the horses here, we are mostly flat, dry land through the majority of the country minus the hills up at the top. So our horses here never had too much of a disadvantage because it was flat land, basically from California to, let's say, Virginia. In places like Asia, you have more mountain or more hills, so the horses there are bred differently and are have evolved differently. So what do you think? Are you interested in more historical stuff like this? Do you want more themed ones where both uh, topics kind of blend together? Let us know what you think when you go to YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Subscribe, hit that bell, and boom. Thanks for everybody watching live. But as I said, you can go to those three places to watch this on replay. We have many more things coming up. we got a special video this afternoon. So many more things set up for our other shows and more. I can't even get it out yet. It's so exhausting sometimes. (laughs) But no, I love doing it. So thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, have a wonderful day. And remember to stay nerdy and